Welcome to the first episode of the UC Davis Bioethics Podcast Series. This is Sam Yamshan, your host. What follows is a real case seen on the teaching service at the UC Davis Hospital. This case is presented by Sophie Rasil, a third-year medical student, with expert commentary from Dr. Nathan Fairman, one of our bioethics faculty at UCD. I hope you find this series valuable and that it informs your patient care in the future. This case is of a 57-year-old man with COPD and a 120-pack year history of smoking presenting with a COPD exacerbation. During his most recent exacerbation three months ago, a 2.7-centimeter spiculated nodule was discovered in the superior segment of his left lower lobe. He was unable to get the biopsy in hospital at that time and was instructed to follow up as an outpatient. However, due to only having Medicare Part A and pending Medi-Cal, he was unable to secure an outpatient appointment for biopsy despite much effort. During his current admission, it was found that the pulmonary nodule had grown 0.2 centimeters to a total of 2.9 centimeters. He currently doesn't have any unexpected weight loss, fevers, chills, or hemoptysis, but is visibly concerned due to extensive smoking history. He's desperate to have the biopsy done while in hospital during his current admission, as it will then be covered by Medicare Part A. Unfortunately, interventional radiology is unable to perform the CT-guided biopsy until six days later, by which time the patient will already be discharged. Additionally, CT surgery is recommending a biopsy prior to undergoing surgical removal of the nodule. Thus, the ethical dilemma currently faced is whether it is reasonable to continue to hospitalize the patient past his medical need for a COPD exacerbation in order to give him the biopsy he so urgently needs. In this case, the ethical principles of beneficence and justice are in full conflict, and the ethical responsibility of the physician is unclear. If the patient is hospitalized for the extra days, he will receive the the appropriate care and get, get a biopsy of the nodule which is necessary considering the high possibility of malignancy. However, he will have an increased risk of contracting a nosocomial infection. He will incur incur thousands of dollars in hospital costs, and he will be occupying a hospital bed that may be needed by another individual. Moreover, after he receives the biopsy, he will likely still need follow-up care if the nodule is malignant, which he will need as an outpatient. However, if he leaves the hospital undiagnosed, he may never receive the care he needs. In this case, neither option seems ideal. To structure this analysis, I'll use the PEARL framework, which was presented in the MS2 bioethics course. Remember that the PEARL is not intended to provide a step-by-step solution to an ethical quandary. Rather, it's meant to help you in considering all the relevant dimensions of an ethical issue so that you can be confident your course of action is solidly grounded. The first part of the framework concerns clarifying the basic facts and relevant data. And for the most part, these have been nicely laid out for us already in the vignette. There are some additional matters that would strongly influence my deliberation. For example, I'd like to have a reliable estimate of how quickly the patient could have the biopsy done if he were discharged. And also, I'd like to know a little bit more about the natural history of lung cancer and the importance of timing with respect to the effectiveness of intervention. Is there, for example, a critical period in which the early intervention for a lung nodule really matters? And if so, can we distinguish either of the two main options in this case, that is, hospitalizing him or discharging him? Can we distinguish those options by whether or not there will be an opportunity 
to intervene during a critical period. And lastly, I'd also like to know why the procedure can't be done any sooner in the inpatient setting. Knowing this would potentially be helpful in developing options to address this situation. The next part of the framework concerns clarifying the ethical issue. And here again, I think the ethical issue has already been nicely framed for us. Is it reasonable to extend the patient's hospitalization beyond the point at which he continues to need acute medical care in order to allow him to get an important procedure done? Checking for your gut reaction is a reminder to look for sources of bias in your decision making. My initial reaction in this case is to continue the patient's hospitalization, provided he's willing to do so, and to simultaneously work to have the procedure done as soon as possible. I probably tend to underappreciate the, ep the economic implications of my decisions, which is likely a source of bias in my own decision making. The principal stakeholders in this situation are the patient, and the providers who are directly involved in his care, the primary team who would manage him as an inpatient, the specialists, etc. And more broadly, other stakeholders include the unidentified patients whose care might be potentially displaced by the decision to prolong the hospitalization. And similarly, in a broad sense, the public has a stake as well, particularly if his care is publicly subsidized, since the public has a stake in making sure that limited funds are effectively spent. The main ethical principles at play, as mentioned nicely in the vignette, concern beneficence and justice. I think that in this case it's easiest to understand how the obligation to beneficence would be best met by allowing the patient to stay to have the procedure done. But I think it's more difficult to identify how we should meet the obligation to justice since one could appeal to justice in support of a plan to discharge the patient it's unfair to misuse limited public funds, or to hospitalize him. It's unfair to the patient that a seemingly arbitrary insurance issue will have such a huge impact on his health. I think there also are perhaps legal issues at play. For example, wouldn't it constitute fraud to keep him in the hospital? And on the other hand, could there be some legal liability for us if he were discharged without a plausible plan for getting recommended follow-up care? Turning now to the options available in this case, in a narrow sense, there are two main options. One is to discharge the patient with instruction to establish care and pursue an outpatient biopsy, or the second, to prolong the hospitalization until the procedure can be done. Now lastly, to select and justify a course of action. I would advocate for ensuring that the test is done while he is hospitalized. I'd argue that the procedure be done as quickly as possible, even if this requires advocating directly with colleagues in interventional radiology or with the hospital administration. I think it's worth noting, too, that several things would strongly tilt my decision-making in this case. First, the seriousness and likelihood of a bad outcome, in this case lung cancer. Second, the realistic likelihood that he can get access quickly as an outpatient. And three, the assumption that speed matters in, these case, in this case. All three of those factors are likely to tilt my decision-making one way or the other. 
a last comment I'll make about this case is that I think it provides an example of why many people believe advocacy is within the proper scope of a physician's practice. An out-of-the-box option, so to speak, in this case, would be to advocate for a health system that minimizes bedside conflicts like this as much as possible so that we can practice in a setting that favors and facilitates ethical clinical care. Thank you. If you have any feedback or additional thoughts about this case or case commentary, please feel free to email me, Sam Yamshan, at sjyamshan at ucdavis.edu. That's s-j-y-a-m-s-h-o-n at ucdavis.edu. Thanks so much for listening, and we can't wait to see you next episode.